Welcome to the Motorsport and Driver Development Show. My name is Keto. And I'm Katie. And we are your hosts for the next, I don't know, maybe 40 minutes, might be an hour. We're going to talk about... Things. We're going to talk about things. We're going to talk about some off-season projects, off-season maintenance. We are coming up on, for most people, a few months where they won't be racing. And so we wanted to take advantage. I know a lot of people already, we actually made a post today on Instagram and Facebook, and people were commenting about the the projects that they're gonna do in the off season. And there's some pretty lofty goals. But if you are unsure of what you should be spending your time on, or you need help prioritizing, or you just need a little encouragement to get some stuff done, that's what we're here for. So we're gonna talk this time about classes, maybe upclassing. A lot of people use the off season to go from, for example, stock to prepared or prepared to modified. So we're gonna talk a little bit about um, the things that you wanna do. Um, the things you don't wanna do. Things you don't wanna do. Yeah, and doing it in a way that is setting yourself up for success so that you're not screwing yourself before next season. <laughs> the weekend before next season starts. <laughs> yep, yep. So, um, so let's start at the beginning. Well, so at the beginning, um, maybe we go back and listen to the episode we talk about basic maintenance and reprep. Mm-hmm. And one of the main things that we talk about on there is getting your car clean, getting your car prepared. So I would say that um, one of the great ideas is to go through the car, pressure wash, you know, wherever it is, you get dirt in the car, all the wheel wells, undercarriage, all that stuff. Great way is to use, you know, um, a sprinkler underneath the car, uh, softens it up, just falls off. But you want to clean inside, engine compartment, all that. So. I just want to pause and I will link to it in the show notes, but you're specifically referring to a few episodes ago with Brandon Burglar, where we talked about rally car prep and reprep. That's correct. Okay, great. Continue. Yes. So once you have all that done, you have a clean car to work on because trust me, you don't want to be doing any upgrades and, you know, turn in a wrench and then all of a sudden a clump of dirt drops in your face, drops in, you know, your eye, goes around your safety glasses because your eye sits below there and goes in your mouth and, you know, you get to taste what dirt fish dirt tastes like. Are you speaking from experience? Yeah, I don't know what dirt fish dirt tastes like, but <laughs> I do know what other dirt does. And, dirt. Yeah. So, you know, um, once you have that all ready to go, then let's sort of talk about from the ground up and let's talk about stock. In stock class, there are a few allowances that you might think about to take advantage of. Uh, one of the things you can do is you can upgrade um, the air filter in your airbox. You can do cat back. Um, and then tire selection. Wait, what does cat back mean? So cat back is, I'm sorry, cat back is exhaust. So what it means is from your catalytic converter and behind. Um, so you can replace that with something that flows a little better, maybe is a little lighter than the factory system and replace it. Um, there's definitely 
kits out there for most common cars out there. Um, if not, then you'll have to go see like an exhaust specialist to build you something. Um, so uh, that will help you shed a few pounds, um, hopefully get you a couple horsepower. Then um, tires. Tire selection is going to be key for stock class. You're looking for a open tread style snow tire, like maybe a Firestone Winter Force, something along those lines. Um, something that is uh, maybe studdable, but don't have studs in it. Um, you can find tires that are studded on the used market and pull the studs, but trust me, um, You'll have some very sore hands, um, and it might be worth it to just find them <laughs> <laughs> that don't have studs. I have done it. I've done it multiple times, and um, it's a giant pain in the butt. Uh, so, anyways, uh, with the stock class, you're allowed to go one size uh, difference in diameter. So often, cars that come with big, big wheels and low-profile tires, you can... Go to a slightly smaller wheel, like let's say you started 17 with factory, you could go to 16, and then give yourself a little more sidewall to, you know, take impact from the bumps and all that sort of stuff. So that would be a, a well-prepared stock car. Those are the mods that you're allowed to do other than have everything else be in factory form. So you can go a size smaller on your wheels. You can. But then they're not stock wheels anymore, so you can put any wheels on your car? Yeah, so if you go into the rules, you can see in there, there it's very specific about um, how much offset difference. That's how much the wheel either sticks out mm -hmm. or goes in. Mm -hmm. um, and then the wheel width also has to be within mm -hmm. a certain range, and it's all it's all in the rules. Mm -hmm. um, so you'll have to take a look at what you have you know, on your car mm -hmm. and then see what is available. And then, yes, you can buy any wheel that fits those dimensions. Nice. So I know the answer to this question, but it's probably a good one to cover. Something that we get in our inbox all the time is someone saying, I have a whatever year Impreza, can I replace, and I run in the stock class, can I replace it with the stock parts, whatever parts they are, from another model or another year and still be in stock class? So no, you can't. So you have to run... Um, a stock part or a stock replacement part. So for your year make for model. your year yeah exactly year make model exactly. So um, you know for example if your shocks go out your dampeners, um, you would need to go look at what an OE replacement. You don't have to use for example if you had a Subaru WRX, you do not have to use a factory. You can use a Monroe or another brand. Um, that fits in there and does the same thing. However, you can't go to like an adjustable shock. So it has to be like the factory unit as a, as a replacement. However, so in stock class, you can upgrade, say, your brake pads to um, a better brake pad, uh, one that might heat up faster or slower or have different characteristics as long as it is a factory replacement so it has to drop in where the stock pad dropped in in the same manner and fashion mm. and so that's also a decent upgrade to do um, stock brake pads do generally work very well for rallycrosses are designed to 
give you a lot of brake torque uh, immediately. They don't generally need to get as hot as say like a racing brake pad does mm -hmm. until they work really well. But you know, um, there may be an advantage to running a different uh, pad than stock uh, other than OEM. And so both in stock and prepared class, you can run harnesses versus your normal seat belts. You want to talk about that? So all classes, you can actually run harnesses. Honestly. So um, with stock in class, you um, have to keep your factory belts in, intact. But you can add a harness additionally. You can add like a harness bar or you can tie them to the, the rear shelf if that's strong enough or one of the rear seatbelt mounts, so on and so forth. And I would say that seatbelts are one of the biggest advantages you can have in rallycross because they hold you into the vehicle, into the seat, um, and you spend your energy driving the vehicle uh, actually piloting it as opposed to holding yourself in place, you know, wedging your arm against the door panel or wedging your foot up against, you know, something to hold you in place better. The harnesses help. So um, when we start talking about going into prepared, um, we can kind of touch on that as well. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about going into prepared. If you are in the stock class, no matter what drivetrain, and you want to make a jump up, what are like the big hitters that'll make a big difference for you? So let's already assume that you have done the mods that I've already talked about for stock class. Oh, let me also go back one okay. more. Any class and every class, one of the first things I would do is a skid plate. We did yes. talk about that in the episode with Brandon, but I'd like to just reiterate That's that. Good point. So skid plate also, you are allowed in stock class. So we are continuing on to prepared class with said skid plate or new <laughs> skid plate since the old one's beat up. Okay. Okay. So we get into prepared. Um, one of the biggest advantages in prepared is the allowance of running a rally tire. So that is a huge advantage. And that would, I would say, if you were to go and order, I would say rally tire would be number one advantage for prepared. The second thing that would be a good upgrade, a second biggest advantage is that you can um, play around with the suspension. So you could get an adjustable suspension set up or, you know, you could run some sort of a coilover or something like that. Um, and so that would be uh, the second biggest advantage that you um have for um prepared the stop there you, you just you just glaze right over rally tires as if people just know like oh yeah you go to the you go to safeway and you buy your rally tires i think it might be good to tell people where to get them what to look for so yeah there's there's a handful of different uh rally tires that are out there on the market and it's used sort of broadly um, so there's a handful of brands that are available, uh, pretty readily. Um, so you start with, um, if you, you kind of start at the least expensive, you're talking about Max Sports and Max Sports are a uh, tire that sort of fall in between a full blown, like really rugged stage tire and a uh, street tire. They're a lot lighter 
than a um, stage tire, generally speaking about 10 pounds lighter. And so they often are faster, a faster tire for rallycross. Um, so uh, unlike say like a D-Mac, which is a full blown rally tire, really, really heavy duty sidewalls, takes 200 PSI to seat it. Um, a Maxport uh, will debead at a lower tire pressure than say like a D-Mac. But again, you know, uh, if used right, it's a lot faster. So um, the brands that are available are, um, you can get Maxports. Um, there also is D-Max, um, and then there's also Hoosiers. Those tend to be the most popular tires that are readily available in North America. There's other brands as well. Yeah, Cooper is also another another brand that's available here in the U.S. as well. Yeah. That's pretty readily available. Um, so not not overseas so much. Okay. So yeah. Perfect. All right. So we detoured a little to go back to rally tires. Rally tires and then suspension. So talk a bit about suspension. So suspension upgrades um, for uh, prepared would be something like adjustable dampeners. Um, you could do a coilover setup. A lot of vehicles that have inserts, um, guys will uh, get weld-on perch kits, and then that allows you to change out um, springs um, and change ride height pretty easily because it, you're welding on a threaded collar with the spring seat that can go up and down so you can make some changes that way. And all those sort of things are available and okay and prepared class to, to make changes with. And so tuning the suspension um, is, is a way to get a, a pretty big advantage. So Moving on from that prepared um, is um, seats, right? So you're allowed to put in a race seat. Um, a race seat combined with a harness um, is really kind of the ultimate to holding you in the vehicle and allowing your body to become, you know, one with with the, the chassis itself and you're no longer using any energy to hold yourself in place and all of it to um, pilot the vehicle and so a good race seat a good comfortable race seat is also a big upgrade uh, for prepared class so again go into the rules you know, um, and you can see what's what's allowed as the upgrades. There's a few more upgrades for power um, in prepared class as well um, that you might be able to take advantage of, like, you know, reflashing your ECU, um, being able to turn up the boost on uh, turbocharged cars and uh, changing the pulleys on supercharged for a little more boost and get you a little more power. Um, but, you know, as most people know, uh, the driver mod is uh, probably your best bet to go fast. But tires, having the grip, I would say, comes before power. Because you have all the power and you can't put it down, you will be slower. What's a driver mod? A driver mod is um, getting the driver to be a better driver. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, 
We could have a whole whole other <laughs> podcast about that one. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the car on this episode. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Upgrading the drivers is a big, big deal. Okay. So, awesome. Yes. All right. So, let's say you're already running and prepared. You've already maximized the allowances for the prepared class. And you're ready to make the jump into mod. What are you spending your off-season doing? Well, the big jump to mod is an interesting one because that's where people's ideas and creativity um, have an opportunity to uh, get vetted. I mean, is this a good time to really share, like, the modified class has very little in the way of restrictions as long as you meet the safety requirements, right? For, yeah, for the most part, yes, it has it has very little restrictions, Um it, you're, it's pretty open, you know, turbocharged cars. Well, you know, you can put bigger turbos on, bigger injectors. You can upgrade the motor. You can swap the motor. You can take a motor from another vehicle, put it in there. You could take a motor that was originally in the front of a car and put it in the back of a car. Um, so, <laughs> but if you're running prepared and you're going to move into mod, I would say one of the biggest things you could do, and it's going to not cost you a lot but it's going to take a lot of time is to put your car on a diet um strip the interior out get all of the sound deadening out of it cut off all the extra brackets and tabs that hold things on um that you're not going to have anymore all the interior pieces pull out the ac units out of the dash um, you know, all those sort of things. Well, some of you guys who live in Texas and Arizona and other places might not want to pull your AC unit out, but those of us close to the Canadian border, yeah, you know, never really gets hot enough to use them. You use it like one day a year. Yeah, one day a year. Um, and then just figure out, yeah, ways to, ways to get it lighter. Um, things like lighter batteries can uh, be handy. Um, but also be cognizant of where you're removing weight because it's really easy to pull a lot of weight out of the back of a car with all the seats and the trunk and the spare tire stuff that usually sits in the back of most cars. You start pulling that all out and 90% of the weight you pull out is out of the back and you haven't made the front much lighter. Um, other things that can help for weight are going to like um, composite hood um, that often is a way to get rid of weight. I know some some of the fancier cars already have composite hoods or aluminum hoods, and in that case, it probably really isn't going to save you much. Um, but you know, other composite components, um, body components, fenders, uh, rear deck lids, that sort of stuff, also can save you a, a bit of weight. Um, you know, one thing I would probably stay away from steer away from though is pulling your glass out um some cars have really big glass windows like a porsche 944 but otherwise most cars you're only going to save a few pounds window and all the trouble all the expense you know generally speaking you know cars i see that have lexan windows you take a look around and you can see where they could have cut off brackets or done something and saved that weight and, you know, had, you know, the clarity and reliability of glass. So, yeah. 
Yep. So aside from getting super creative and aside from taking out all the weight and all the interior, what are some like standard things that people could do making the jump from prepared to mod that are going to help performance? Well, um, suspension's a little more open, brakes are open, um, but, you know, power also is going to be, uh, the opportunity to make power is is one probably one of the greatest advantages of mod class because you can now change your turbo and you can change your ECU and injectors and so, you know, you can dial in some power. Um, that can really help you, um, especially in the straight sections. Um, so that's that's a big mod because, you know, f- from prepared to mod, you know, the difference in suspensions often is is, is fairly minor. Um, you know, there's a few guys who play around with suspension geometry, but for the most part, uh, people are leaving that alone. And you don't see a lot of difference between between those. So you know, you're looking at you know, shedding weight and having a little more horsepower. It's really what it kind of comes down to for the mod class. What kind of brake modification, not modifications, brake upgrades could you make that'd be beneficial in rallycross? So you're allowed brake upgrades in both um, prepared and in a mod class. Um, So in stock, you have to have pretty much all the factory components. You can change pads. So you get up into prepared you can like change calipers. You could go to like an aftermarket caliper like a Brembo or Woolwood, or you could go to a factory upgrade like Subaru has. You can go from the floating caliper to the uh, four piston caliper. It's a pretty common you know swap. Um, and then with rotors, um, you know you want to upgrade from a, a standard flat rotor um, to something that can. Uh, shed material off of it. Um, a slotted rotor works really well. You can do a wave rotor as well. Um, you know, a drill rotor will work. Uh, just remember that drill rotors tend to crack over time. Um, so, you know, you may have to deal with that depending on how hard you use the rotor. But a slotted rotor would be good. Um, and then again, you can upgrade pads um, for. Um, both prepared and mod. So going from prepared to mod when it comes to brakes isn't there isn't a whole lot of difference between what is you know what's really going to be workable and what's allowed. So you mentioned the Lexan windows. Are there other things that you see people spend a lot of time on that don't have like big value adds? Yeah, um you know some of the like cheap rally coilovers can be a big waste of money. They can, especially if you, know, you buy them, you find a used set that are in great condition and they're cheap, you know, I see no problem in jumping on them. But, you know, if you're gonna pay top dollar for them new, I don't think you're gonna get a huge advantage over just a standard dampener you can find off the shelf. Um, and so I think you'd be wasting a lot of money and people have an expectation that because it says rally on it, that somehow they're durable enough to really take the rigors of rally. You know, I think for the most part, they're designed as, um, for, how do we say that? For rally enthusiasts, <laughs> people who 
drive what? gravel roads occasionally. <laughs> um, so if you are embarking on a project like this, like any of these things we've talked about, what are some good retail resources to be able to get the parts that you need? You can trust that they'll sell you something reliable. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one because that really depends on what you're looking for. I mean, standard stuff, you know, you can, you know, grab parts from Summit or Speedway Racing, harnesses, that kind of stuff from those guys. But then, like, you know, you're going to have to find the people who do it for, you know, whatever particular car you have. You know, like there's particular sellers for Subaru parts, mm-hmm. particular sellers for uh you know ford focuses Mm. or you know you name it there's going to be different sellers for each one um so i would look at people if there's anyone who has built a car like yours before your type of vehicle depending on whatever it is um i would take a look at what they're doing ask them like if they were do it all over again how would they do it what would they do often they would say I'd do it totally different and probably save me a bunch of time. I'll listen to those guys. <laughs> um, but also, so a piece of advice that I would have also is whenever you're doing projects, often people decide, hey, I'm going to do this. And while I'm in there, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and this. Um, so what happens is if you open up a bunch of projects all over the place on the vehicle, when you go to fire it up and test drive it or take it to a race, you end up with all these teething issues and you spend a lot of time trying to chase back where the problem is, you know, chances are when you have a problem, it's where the vehicle was last worked on or recently worked on, somebody didn't do something right. That's most probable. Um, But, you know, if you've done a bunch of things, you're digging back through everything that you did. So if you can at all, you know, finish one thing. Like, for example, if you're going to do coilovers or suspension mod and then you're going to do a brake mod, I'd really highly suggest you do the suspension mod, leave the brakes as long as they're in good working shape, Um, Leave the brakes alone, do your suspension, do your test drive, make sure all your suspension works fine, and then do your brake stuff, you know, do your, do swap it out after that so that you're minimizing the um, amount of variables. So reducing those variables always makes troubleshooting easier. So if you put it back together, there's a problem. You've only done the suspension. You know where the problem is. You can start digging through it, fixing that problem. Then once you have that lick, then you can go on and and do uh, like the brakes, for example. Um, And then, you know, if you have a problem there, you know where to find you know, those issues, and then, you know, move on to the next piece, you know. If you do it all at once and you're driving along and you hear a clunk, you think it's a suspension, but really you forgot to put in the anti-rattle clip in your caliper and everything's rattling in there. Um, I will share some advice. As a person who doesn't work on cars, but I manage projects, map out what you need to do and how long you think it will take you and give yourself a whole bunch of extra time. Time for things to go wrong, time for parts to be available. Keto's advice is always to get your parts as best as you can before you start. Otherwise, you're going to be in pieces waiting for things to come in the mail during the holidays when everyone else is shipping everything everywhere. Um, So give yourself some extra time and don't leave it until the last minute because you'll be scrambling. That's when you make mistakes. That's when you'll be sending me an email telling me you signed up and paid for the first race, but you can't make it because you're not done yet. 
So that's right. So <laughs> Murphy's law is that if you need a part in five days, that's coming from somewhere that takes four days normally to ship to you. There will be a huge fire in California, a hurricane, a hailstorm, <laughs> yep. and lightning, and it yep. will take 22 days for you to get your part. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how that works. But yeah, I think, uh, like you said, uh, it's great advice to figure out what you're going to do, all your mods ahead of time, mm -hmm. get all your parts, get everything lined up, talk to people who've done it before. I will just throw out there in the Pacific Northwest where we are, there's a Facebook group called the NORPAC Rally Group, like North Pacific Rally Group. And there's a lot of really great people in that group who've been racing and have a lot of really great advice to share. So if you run into something or if you want to brainstorm something, that's a really good place to ask. It's a really positive group. All right. Yes, and just make sure you, you take the advice. We do have people who occasionally ask a question and they're looking for a particular answer and if they don't get that answer mm. um they're having a hard time accept it understand that the people who are commenting on there for the most part have years of experience they're good um drivers um you know good builders and are giving you advice from a place of knowledge let's just say you're not looking to jump classes but you do have some time this off season and you have time to do some more serious maintenance or repairs that you didn't want to do in between events what what should you be tackling sure so i would uh take a look at yeah some of the major components on the off season a uh, couple good ones to change out even if you know they seem like they're solid right now just to get new units in there are uh ball joints wheel bearings those are things that we see fail the most on people tie rod ends are also another one um so you know in the off season you could put a new set of bearings in you could press in some new ball joints you know put some new tie rods in get you know the vehicle realigned and then that way you're not worried about you know a mid-season failure you know you're not worried about having the likeliness of you having to do a ball joint in the paddock is is is, is much much lower if you refresh those things um at the beginning of the year um you know as well as tackle the basic maintenance stuff that we've talked about in previous podcasts yep yeah I would say those are really the big ones you know tires yeah maybe a new set of tires for the new season that sort of stuff too yeah, yeah, definitely. If everyone's doing all this work in the off-season, people will have parts to sell. People may need to buy parts, and a used part might be a good solution. Do you have any good recommendations for, like, buying and selling parts out in the world? Well, uh, there's, there are quite a few people who do sell parts on Norpac. Um, mm. I think there's also, a, like, a rally page, a North America for sale rally page. That's going to be a little, little more stage uh, stage um, stuff, but um, uh, Norpac in, in the Northwest it would be the way to go, um, or your local rally cross, um, you know, forum or page, Facebook page or whatever. 
Yeah, and you have a couple of tricks for saving money. Like as companies change over year to year, they change models, change colors, things like that. You, what are some of those tricks you have? Right. Okay. Yeah. So after Christmas, and there's a, you know usually at the end of year, a lot of like for example, a seatbelt company who makes harnesses um, will discontinue a color harness. Like let's say this year they're making yellow ones and next year they don't want to make yellow ones anymore. So they often blow out the last year's model um, for cheap. And if you don't care or the color is fine with you, then, you know, it's a great option. Uh, race suits are also another one. And then um, every five years, helmets get a new certification. So 2020 is going to be the new certification. That's most likely going to be released next year. So at that point, 2015 rated helmets, which are still going to be good for a long time, um, brand new helmets are going to be less value, uh, stuff like that. So you can always check after the Christmas, um, you know, whatever inventory is left is usually on some sort of a clearance rack to move out. Yeah. That's good advice for any kind of products you want to purchase. Usually post Christmas, post new year's, there's some good sales. Right. right. Um, awesome. Well, that's a lot of good advice. I would say if anyone thinks we missed something, you can always send us a message. You can find us info at modracing.com. Also, just if you race with our Northwest series and you're going to make some mods, be sure to read the rules first. You can find those at nwrallyassociation.com slash rallycross hyphen rules, but we'll link to them. Um, just to make sure you're staying in the class you intend to stay in. We also have some good articles on our blog on that website just about, you know, prep off-season stuff, um, gear, that sort yeah. of thing. And you also have to stay tuned for our upcoming holiday guide. Oh, yeah, we do. We do have a little holiday holiday guide to put out, which really, if you're listening to this podcast, that holiday guide is for your friends and family so that they know what to get you yes. for Christmas. So yes. if you celebrate Christmas, we have we have some support for you. Yeah. You can just print it out and leave it on your kitchen table. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> leave, it, leave it in all of your family stockings. <laughs> Well, it's too late at that point. <laughs> they both... Well, they can buy you whatever on the post-Christmas sale. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you have a good plan for your off-season. Or maybe you're not taking an off-season because you're racing with us through the winter. And if so, we are excited to see you out there. Um, you can follow along with our series on Instagram and Facebook. We're at Mod Racing. MOD is spelled M-O-D-D because it's an acronym for Motorsports and Driver Development. Um, our winter series is under a Northwest Rally Association banner, so you can check us out there. Yeah. You looked like you were going to say something. Nope. All right, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will catch you on the next one. <laughs>